this whole stretch of my teenage years from 13 to 17, where I was around my beloved sister who was trying to enter life. And so, and she tried many ways. And so that in itself was a really big piece in my illnesses because I didn't know how to process. And it was at a time where information was not being shared with me. It was being, you know, so it was a, a hush hush sort of situation. People didn't talk about mental illness. People didn't talk about suicide, you know, so it was all something that was very quiet and I took a lot of it in. So I just kept taking things in and pretending I was okay and actually didn't even know that I wasn't okay. Hello and welcome everyone to Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I am your host, Roma Bajajkoli, and I am taking you on a journey within. My sole intention with this podcast is to help you dive deeper into identifying your authentic self, overcoming self-doubt, fears, and limitations, and becoming in alignment with the best version of you. I bring in guests from diverse fields and backgrounds, and we talk about self-growth, self-mastery, building meaningful relationships, and doing work that feeds your soul. Hello and welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. Today, I have a very fabulous guest a person I have known for a very long time through the networking organization that I'm a part of. And I'm so excited to bring her here and share her years and years of wisdom, expertise, and authority in the field that she is. Marianne, Marianne Beckmary is a certified EFT and matrix imprinting practitioner who's specializing in helping sensitive, talented people step out of the shadows and thrive. With an emphasis on holistic methods, Marion successfully overcame decades of autoimmune illness, cardiac surgery, traumatic stress, and limiting self-doubt. She is passionate about sharing her toolbox of self-empowerment techniques with her clients and students. You can definitely learn more about her at marianbeckmary.com. The other thing I want to share about Marianne before I go is that I got an opportunity to work with her and do some EFT tapping with her. And I thought it was, it was one of the most sensory and intuitive and a very freeing technique. So for, for first time, I think I was able to experience um, freedom over my trapped emotions. Mm -hmm. and, and the way you do it, Marianne, it just, or the way you teach it uh, or teach us to do it, it's almost like you, I know the affirmations you give are amazing, but it's almost like you are intuitively teaching us to be able to do that for ourselves. So welcome, Marianne. I'm so excited to have you here and um, hear more about you and your awesome journey. 
Oh, thank you, Roma. That was beautiful, what you were just saying. Thank you so much. And uh, I am really happy to be here. And uh, so what would you like to know? Yeah. So what I would like to know from you is, can you tell us a little bit about, um, let's first start with the the limited the limitation and the self-doubt like in the series of things that you mentioned that you overcame i want to know where did all of this start from did it start from the traumatic stress the cardiac surgery the autoimmune or the limiting belief and self-doubt okay well everything is connected <laughs> and so the traumatic part of it was part of where the self-doubt and the limiting beliefs from. I uh, had a sister, um, beautiful sister. I, I'm, I'm the fifth of five children. And uh, my older sister um, had some really unfortunate things happen in her life. And um, as a result, she became very suicidal and kept trying and trying and trying. And that was when I was a young teenager into my you know, older teenage years. So it was really this whole stretch of my teenage years from 13 to 17, where I was around my beloved sister who was trying to end her life. And so, and she tried many ways. And so that in itself was a really big piece in my illnesses because I didn't know how to process. And it was at a time where information was not being shared with me it was being you know so it was a, a hush hush sort of situation people didn't talk about mental illness people didn't talk about suicide you know so it was all something that was very quiet and I took a lot of it in so I just kept taking things in and pretending I was okay and actually didn't even know that I wasn't okay right but, but part of that was that the belief and the limiting beliefs were that I can't help in this situation or I'm not important enough for them, meaning the rest of my family to sort of listen to me or tell me what's going on or I'm not good enough or important enough to help my sister, you know? So there were many things. And then also, um, there was the belief that I can't talk about things too. And so that that's like more of a limitation, not necessarily, well, a belief, because I believed that if I talk about these things, then people will, I'll trigger people, which is sometimes true, right? Or people will not understand me. And so there was, it was sort of like I was carrying so much darkness that didn't fit with who, I was, I was like this light person carrying all the dark. And so it just, part of it, you know, manifested as illness. Lots of it manifested as illness. And then, and then, but the beliefs came along with it. Yeah. And, you know, beliefs sometimes are so, it's like the water that we're drinking or the air that we're breathing. We don't always believe that it's a belief. <laughs> like we think it's a fact or the way things are, right? It's so convincing. Yes, and and it's it must have been like what 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 helped you then speak up 
for like for yourself after seeing your sister consistently do this and then what helped you speak up for yourself and for her and for others around you um it took a long time it took decades i mean it wasn't something that i was uh, my sister did end her life so that was when i was 17 and what happened to me was i was so it was so much trauma that it you know the way trauma works is sometimes it will it will go into like a capsule and um, all the information will be in there, all the emotions, everything. So I was able to sort of separate from it and go on with my life. And so meanwhile, these beliefs were there, but I wasn't really paying attention until I you know, just got to a point in my life where it's like, I can't, you know, things were just so wrong. So what happened was I began to go to actually Rubenfeld Synergist. This is before I found EFT. And Rubenfeld Synergy is a body-based sort of psychotherapy. And I, because I was holding everything in my body. And um, as soon as I started getting that type of help, then the information started coming out. And as I was clearing, like this is what happens, is that we hold on to things that we're not meant to hold on to and they cloud our reality in terms of um, what we believe. And so as I was healing, then gradually but surely, I was able to you know, clear some beliefs and see the truth and then begin to speak up. The speaking up part took a lot longer because I literally had, had trained myself so well not to have a voice that and it and it still comes like i you know some of these things i'll be very honest is that you know there's little remnants here and there and it will come up and i have to say okay i know where that comes from but so it was a gradual process and then when i found eft i would do work on myself the tapping and all that and find places where you know i was stuck and it was so it was like a combination of the healing and um, along with taking action and just really, I hate to use the word force, but it was almost like that. It felt like that, you know, just forcing myself to maybe do an audio or do a video or do something or speak, you know, cause I love to speak, but then that other part of me was like pulling me back. So I would have to get over that hump then I use visualization as well um, to sort of, you know, actually that was a big part of it. Um, I would see myself as having the experience I wanted before I would go maybe do a workshop, for example. I would start to really prep the situation um, so that I would feel more relaxed and um, able to use my voice. Right. And I love how you use different tools and techniques to, um, to really overcome because I feel like now this, I don't know about your time, but now so much of it is already out there. People are talking about it so openly. Um, it's like information overload about meditation, visualization, holistic practices. How do you do it with your clients or how do you do it for like for yourself is to not get 
distracted by all that noise and continue to follow your rituals, your practices of what has helped you, what has worked for you? Right. That's a really good question because it's very easy to get caught up in, well, if I do this thing every single day and I do this and I do this and I do this, and I did that, right, for, you know, at various times. And what I found was with my own mind, um, I was too much in my brain. And the, 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 the thing about all of this is that you have to be in your body and your heart and everything else in order for really any of it to work. So all the distractions are exactly that. And it's not that they don't work. It's just that more that I found that for myself and then also with my clients, you know, what I recommend is finding that thing that really speaks to you and makes sense and allowing your mind to drop into it instead of having your mind working so hard to, um, to remember or to do this and do that because that's just taking you away from that inner intuition and power. And so with my clients, um, we just keep it simple. And with tapping, for example, I will say, somebody might ask me like, well, can you give me a script? And in the beginning, I used to do this, you know, way back when. I, 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 I can't do that. It's just like, no, because your tapping is going to be very different um, because it's your subconscious mind. And I can't, you know, it, unless I'm in the flow and I'm in that intuitive work with my client, I can't, you know, I can't really give them something for outside of a session. But the, but the thing that I'll say also is when I teach classes or I work with clients who want to know how to use EFT outside of the session is to not even use the words. Because once we start to go to that part of our brain, we're out of the subconscious mind. And the goal with EFT tapping um, and matrix re-imprinting is to really get into that subconscious mind where we have the information that we need. So for example, if you're feeling doubt or you're feeling uh, fear is to really honor that feeling of fear and just tap on it. And, and maybe if words come, allow them to be intuitive as opposed to what I have to say in order to do this, you know? So it's, it's, it's all about finding what we're, and then like the other piece of it, and I'm sure you know this, some things work for us for a while until they don't, you know? And, and you, and we use, we use whatever it is up, not up, but it's just like, or, and then we go back to it sometimes, you know, it's like, it's like to switch it up and to realize that, we might need this aspect for a while and then we need something else. Yes, I, I think again, like you clearly pinpointed, it is very important for us to know that what feels good for us in our mind, body and soul, right? Like it will, you'll just intuitively know uh, you do it once or twice, you know what what's calling for you. So can yes. you, uh, for, for our audience who don't know, can you explain a little bit about what is EFT and what is matrix re-imprinting? Yes, absolutely. So EFT um, 
stands for emotional freedom techniques. And there's an S at the end of that because there are different ways of using it. Uh, and it is an acupressure tapping technique. So it's also called tapping. Some people refer to it as tapping. Uh, you know, if anybody knows Nick Ortner or Dawson Church, those are two big people in the world of tapping. And it's a technique uh, where you literally use your fingertips to tap on specific points on the face, the torso, and the hand. And what this tapping does is it, um, one, the first thing it does is it helps to reduce cortisol, which is our major stress hormone. And when cortisol is high, when it's running, you know, out of control, if we're in a very stressful situation, what happens is the language part of our brain begins to shut down and we're not able So talk about not having a voice. Stress will, will physically, biologically cause us sometimes to begin to lose our ability to speak clearly or articulate what we need. So reducing that cortisol and reducing that stress is the first thing, one of the first things it does. It's also a tool for tapping into the subconscious mind so that you can tap into, like if you have a trigger, for example, a certain person, if you see them maybe on social media, for example, and what they're doing in that post somehow triggers you and you feel angry or resentful or something, EFT can be used to really look at that feeling and begin to tune into and tap into the origin of it. Because all of our triggers come from a previous time. And the reason we have triggers is because somewhere along the line, we did not process our grief or our wounds in a, in a way that would allow them to release, the, the, the feelings and the emotions to release. So emotional freedom techniques is a way of tapping into those emotions and also going a little bit deeper to find the, the core um, of where they're coming from so that you can um, go deeper as opposed to just the surface. So that's tapping. Wow. Um, and, and that, you know, the beauty about tapping is it's a thing that's really good to work with a practitioner. And it's also a tool that you can use on your own. So it goes both ways. Uh, matrix re-imprinting is developed. It was developed from tapping. So it uses some tapping, but it actually goes deeper into the subconscious conscious mind. And this is a really fascinating tool because the way that it, it works is that I work more as a guide and my client's subconscious mind takes the show. And so it's about facilitating maybe a shadow aspect of ourselves, like a little, a younger part that's kind of trying to get our attention and maybe acting up in ways where we're like, why am I acting this way? You know, there's a there's an inner shadow in there, an inner child, an echo. And so it's going in, but then what happens because you get to this place of depth, 
it, it depending on the questions that I might guide my client with, the subconscious mind begins to give so much information that it's like you you couldn't from your cognitive mind get to that place. And so, it, it, and, and people remember things that they hadn't ever, you know, like, oh, there was a blue blanket, you know, things like that, that, that there's just this information within us that's astounding. And uh, it's like a treasure chest. I love that. I experienced matrix re-imprinting once with someone else, and it was a very profound experience. What I want to ask you is, Marion, what has your, you know, most of the book or coaches say that get rid of the fear, transcend the fear, or overcome your shadow side. And I like, and I believe in that, that yes, we have to overcome it. But the only way to overcome is through it. You cannot just overcome it by saying, oh, uh, oh my God, like, um, it's here and I don't know what to do with it. So, so tools like EFT and matrix re-imprinting are some of the great tools. So I want you to just as simply as you can answer the question of what is the difference between the conscious and the subconscious mind and why is it so important to, um, to go through our fears because when we go through our shadow, we go through the subconscious mind. Uh, and why is it so important to go through that work? I mean, I teach this work, but I feel like not everyone really talks of it like how you talk of it. And, and I also feel that you really show in your work is that shadow work is not scary. Going through the fear is important to be able to get through to the treasure chest, uh -huh. you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, as far as the conscious mind and the subconscious mind are concerned, the subconscious mind is ruling the show. Mm -hmm. And and our conscious mind only has that 5% control over what is going on. And so if you think about it, like if you're driving a car, um, Many times you're unconscious. Many times you are doing everything and you could pass something because you're thinking about something else, but there is something within your subconscious mind that has learned, like you have learned how to drive that car. And so that it's not something that you have to use your conscious mind to do. When we first learned how to ride a, drive a car, we our conscious mind is very busy and it's a it's a different brainwave state that we need to use in order to learn the tools and all that but after a while information just goes down deeper and we can count on our subconscious mind in a way that we can't always count on our conscious mind in the sense that when information is there we can trust it's there. So you learn how to ride a bike. You don't ride a bike for years. And then you get back on that bike and you're like, oh, I still know how to ride a bike. Like, how's that? And so that's what's going on. But it's going on with um, things that we learned, especially as young children, 
And it has to do with our brainwave states. And so we have, there's a high beta brainwave, there's a beta brainwave, there's an alpha, there's a theta, there's a delta. Delta is sleeping. Theta and alpha are the more creative brainwave states. Theta is a very deep brainwave state that is learning. It's all about receiving information. Young children are at that place. And in, from about zero to seven, maybe a little bit older, and then they gradually begin to get into the beta brainwave and that way of thinking, that cognitive way of thinking that is apparent when they learn how to spell and read and, and do math, right? But before that, it's, it's like there's this just this field of beautiful um, ability to receive. Mm. And it can be very beautiful. <laughs> and it's not so beautiful when kids are told certain things or, or are witness to certain things happen. And so things that we take into that part of the subconscious mind at a young age will then just kind of come become invisible and treated as not invisible, but they are so, um, there's so much in our lives that we don't even question them. And so they're always running. And so this is why we wanna go into the subconscious mind is because we are running these patterns and using our conscious mind to act certain ways. But there's a huge, enormous filter that is running and it's like it's underneath the surface. So you can think of like an iceberg at the top and underneath is the real power. So by using EFT, by using matrix, you can tap into this information, but, but it's really important to know that it's not just going through the fear it's approaching the part of our life where we had that fear and witnessing it as a loving adult, witnessing it with compassion. And so it's bringing another element to it. And what tapping does is it actually helps to reduce the intensity of any feeling. Um, and so, if there's fear, if there's anger, if there's sadness, using the tapping or the matrix in conjunction with visiting those places where we took in that information is um, it helps it feel so much easier and better. And the beauty of it is that a child can, we can discover parts of our inner child that maybe cognitively we know is there, but we thought we lost. So it might be the poet or the musician or the artist, whoever it is. When you go into the subconscious mind, that's where you can uncover all the stuff that's not true and find the stuff that is true, that's always true about who we are. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that through your mind. Right. And that's why tapping into the subconscious mind 
through EFT, through matrix reimprinting, through hypnosis, through mm-hmm. yoga nidra, meditation. There are so many ways yes. that you can actually tap into the power of the subconscious mind. I thank you for explaining that so beautifully and so simply. <laughs> that was amazing. So one of the things that you said is that how did, so so when you learned to tap, like eventually you learned to use your body and everything, but how did you overcome your autoimmune uh, illnesses? Um, well, my autoimmune illnesses, I had one when I was 27, you know, very, just the same year I was getting married um, that was actually never diagnosed. But one of the symptoms was uh, pericarditis, which is fluid around my heart. Right. And um, it was very, very painful. And it's, it, it went on for a few years, but there was a point that I realized that it was a metaphor for grief that I had never expressed when my sister, Die because I was so I was in a place of trauma where I couldn't access my feelings. And so what happened was my feelings started causing autoimmune issues. And so it was, you know, the pericarditis, and then a number of years later, I had Guillain Barre, which is a numbing illness. And it was, it was, it was just kind of boggling that these illnesses were showing me, like the illnesses had to show me first what I had missed, like what I needed to know. Our bodies show us what we need to know. Once I had that information, then I started going to get the help that I needed. And that's how they began to clear. So I began to clear, you know, it it was sort of like they were a gateway to me healing because I I knew I have to do something, but then I had all this information because I kept asking myself, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And I got the answers. And it was that those answers that actually led me to heal the trauma. Wow. And so once I healed the trauma, you know, I um you know, it all, it all just, so it's not like one or the other. It was just all the way that my body was communicating with me that allowed me then to heal. Wow. And, and was that kind of like, like through pain, you actually got one of your biggest gifts? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, and we have to be willing to look at it. And look at what it what is this telling me? Even if we even if we don't want to see it, but pain is always something. I I don't I don't condone pain. You know I I my work is all about you know helping people relieve pain. However, if we just try to get rid of it and judge it as wrong, um, we're not seeing what's really there. What our body is really and our spirit is really trying to tell us. And once you do that, a lot of times these things can clear up. It's because we're, it's a holding pattern. Pain is a holding pattern. And, you know, EFT is based on acupuncture. And so it's, it's all about moving energy. 
and and releasing the blocks. And so pain is a is like a blockage. But if you look at it many times, there's just an incredibly beautiful metaphor that then tells you what to do next. So, so if someone right now probably listening to this episode is suffering from some kind of an autoimmune disease, maybe your clients in the, in the past, you have helped them too. What would you say to them who people who are especially skeptical or, or are inching towards holistic practices, but are not fully there? Because I saw that you also have, um, you have also done holistic um counseling holistic health counseling right right yes so what yes. do you say to someone who's who's probably listening that and wondering oh my god is this something that i should try or the more that you support yourself in terms of health in terms of practices that are going to benefit your health so um, foods that you're eating that are going to um, nourish you with the nutrients you need, but also facilitate the flow in your body and your digestion and everything else so that as your body gets into a good flow physically, um, you're more able to begin to release anything that might be, be contributing to illness. And so it's not about curing, it's about helping yourself get to the best place possible so that whatever is going on can be as clear as possible. Because many times pain will have different elements and it might have some of our emotions attached to it. But if you begin to use tools to like meditation or tapping or visualization, hypnosis, whatever it is, to begin to release that aspect of it. You can then get to a place where you're minimizing any other influences on your condition. And the, the other thing I'll say about it is that um, when you use a tool, say like EFT, because it's we're always looking at how do you feel in your body, a lot of times what will happen is that the symptoms begin to give information about, you know, like if it's in the throat, for example, well, maybe you're not speaking up in your life. It, it's really almost incredibly obvious sometimes. And we don't want to believe that it could be so obvious, but sometimes it is. And, and so it's to then look, and say, can I look at what I'm experiencing and see any kind of information that I need in order to heal another part of my life? And to look at it that way, autoimmune is also an illness that is working against. So I had a lot of resistance against myself because I was holding information, because I was holding darkness, because I was so sensitive and I took so much in, I was actually uh, resisting myself in a way because um, I had to put out a different picture. So I had to resist what my experience was 
in order to show a different facade. Mm -hmm. And that right there is, is a bit of self-hatred. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but it's really saying, no, 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 this is not acceptable. And I'm gonna show that. I'm gonna show this face that's happy and healthy, and I'm not going to show this other thing. But, you know, I did that at first with emotions and then it manifests like we can't do that because after a while it catches up with us. So that's my view of autoimmune. And certainly there are many causes, but I think that you can look, you can do as much as you can to help yourself feel as comfortable and sometimes things really do start to go away. So it's it's individual, of course, for absolutely every single person. Right, right. But I love how you said is that illness or any kind of disease, you your body uses that to express the truth of what is happening inside of you. So it is important that no matter what you're suffering from, even if it's slight indigestion, it's a sign that yeah. you're not living in alignment with your truth. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we need medical care. Sometimes we need to take medicine. Like it's not to say no to any of these things. It's to get to the truth of what do I really need mm. and what is really best for me as opposed to some idea that we have that we must do this or we must do that it's just getting to the truth yes yes thank you so much i think that is going to be super helpful to a lot of people listening to this um so now i wanted to know that you wrote two um cookbooks for kids yeah. yes you used to teach a lot of cooking classes for kids mm -hmm. as was it just kids um well it was until it was for a while and then then I actually went to culinary school and I started cooking for adults too so but in the beginning you know there was a time in my life where I was just obsessed with cooking for healthy foods for kids and uh and I wrote a cookbook and I used to um I did some video in grad school I did videos with kids cooking after school and I it was a lot of fun I loved it loved it loved it and then um, you know, it was one of those soul things where I was at that place in my life. I had to celebrate my inner child mm -hmm. and I really did. And then I, at one point said, no, now it's time to go the adult route. <laughs> and I, and I, so I, I also that. want to ask you, Marion, because this, this is more for me than my audience is that you have come such a long way of evolution uh, transformation in your own journey, both from your limiting beliefs to your trauma, to, to illness, autoimmune diseases, illnesses, whatever. I want to know is that looking back, you know, in today's world, they talk about branding, being specific, uh, not constantly changing your niche so that you are not confusing your audience. Um, but I have seen like your journey uh, has shown me that 
you have done what called your soul in that moment in time. You have embraced it, owned it, and then moved on when you felt the need to move on and serve another set of audience. So what would you, what words of pearls of wisdom would you drop for, for a young, you know, entrepreneur or even, even people who are having a job but are looking to cultivate their passion or do something that fills their heart and soul? Because I feel in this world that we live, we give, we tie so much of our success to the amount of money we earn that sometimes we are earning that money. It's a check mark. We are doing very well in what we are earning, doing and living, but we forget to enjoy life, to, to really play and allow our hobbies and interests to be the forefront or to at least be an integral part of our life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's a really good question because I think I used to be hard on myself for shifting things because, because of exactly what you're saying. But I, I, I really truly believe that the more that you tune into what is right for you, as opposed to all the distractions, or even that you have to have a brand, um, I don't know, maybe a brand, but then what if you want to change your brand? There's a lot. I, I tend to be a little more maybe resistant to that because I do shift. But I find that the shifts, you know, when I look at them, I'm like, they all are just built on the last place that I was. And it's more about evolution than anything else. I think that when we're looking at what we should be doing, we can throw ourselves into situations that don't feel right. And then we have to keep changing Mm. to try to fit. So it's about more about finding the tools that work, finding, you know, like the the tech tools that work, the the modalities that work and all that. And and we don't always find that right away. Um, And so to be kind to yourself, as you're trying things out to say, you know what, this doesn't quite feel right. Let me try it this way. And eventually you get to that place where, oh, this feels really good. Mm. And it could be, it could be that this feels really good for now. Exactly. It's going to change and we have to allow ourselves to pivot and flow to to whatever interests. Exactly. And when you're not tied to what it should look like, you're more apt to be open to that Mm. because you're not making it right or wrong. You're just like, oh, I'm now at this place. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, do I want to do my business this way or do I want to maybe open up to something new? Mm. And uh, and so you can just take the, the shoulds and the shouldn'ts off of it, which is, are very easy to do. Because if you listen to, if you take any kind of business training, I, you know, I've done a ton of those things, right? And it's always that, well, if you just do this and follow these steps and you, you know, do this and do that, you'll be fine. And what I finally found was, you know, okay, I can take some of that information to be helpful. But the moment I start believing that that's the way I should do it. That's the moment that I lead myself astray. Mm. 
I love that. I think and so it's not that things can't be valuable. It's just that when, when we start believing in someone else's way of doing things, yes. and it's very easy to do in the business world because people are selling so many things mm. and promising so much stuff. And mm -hmm. it's not, you know, there's a lot of good there, but it's to be careful. Yes, yes. What has your, um, your experiences been like as a, as a chef, as a counselor, and as an EFT matrix reimprinting practitioner that you are now? I want to know that what has been a common theme for you throughout all of this work that you have done? I would say, um... I, I have a very deep desire to help people feel better. <laughs> it's really kind of that simple. It's not that profound. Part of that definitely comes from my upbringing with my sister, but there is this healer. And I would say like the theme is healing and I, I feel very, very thankful that I am who I am because I have a really, really innate desire to heal. And so when I've been in dark places, that has been what has brought me to a different place. Whereas I've seen other people not have that. And that's, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I only know my experience, but as part of that experience, because of what I've been through, that comes into my work as well. And so it's just that desire to bring something better um, into somebody's experience or help them bring something better into their own experience, you know, to facilitate that. Wow. Thank you. I think that is brilliant. Um, so now, if you are ready, we, I would like to get into the rapid fire. I <laughs> Now I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, so I'll ask you a word and whatever is the first thing. I wrote, I have written most of these down from your messaging, from the work you do and everything. Okay. Yeah, so I think it should be easy. So we'll start with uh, emotions. Emotion, emotion is to, oh, do you want one word or you want me? Yeah, whatever comes, whatever is the first thing. Emotion is to, is emotions are meant to flow and release. Flow, oh, wow. Healing. Healing is an amazing experience. Mm. Food. Amazing and profound. Mm. Food. <laughs> I love it. Shadows. <laughs> Excuse me? Shadows. Shadows. Shadows are to be embraced and loved with compassion. Uh, siblings. <laughs> siblings are fascinating and can cause more um, complications in your life. Than most people are aware of and they're not always bad but it's just the sibling relationship is incredibly deep in a way that that a parent-child relationship is not 
Yes, I, I believe so too, yes. Love. Love is misunderstood and love is an energy that we can all uh, receive and, and share. Mm. Wow. Beliefs. Beliefs are, um, well, I guess the first thing I come to is limiting. Mm. Uh, right, because I think we can always go beyond our beliefs and question them. Yes. Trauma. Trauma misunderstood, yet incredibly complex. And it's where you'll find the deepest truth and the deepest um, uh, beauty sometimes. Mm -hmm. Visualization. Can be tricky if you try too hard. Mm. Speaking. I love to speak. Uh, speaking is um, when we're in alignment is a way to express what's in our spirit and soul. Wow. Resistance. Resistance is a place where we need to bring love and compassion mm -hmm. so we can begin to soften and let go of the resistance. Wow. Money? Money. Money has been an interesting uh, way of showing what my beliefs are across the board. Wow. Yeah. And EFT? EFT. Is just what it is. <laughs> I guess I've been around it so long, I don't even, I'm like, oh, EFT? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is, it is, it is just what it is because it is yeah. an experience in itself that it is what Yes, it is. yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I think you did so well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So um, any anything else that you would want to share with our audience before we leave? And also, how can they connect with you? Uh, well, I just what I want to share, what I think is really important, is to approach life with as much compassion. And I know that this may might be something that people hear a lot, but it's really true to approach life with as much compassion, gentleness, and love for yourself as you can. Because it's something that builds over time. And if it's tricky to do it in the beginning, you just keep going back there. And you have compassion for the part that finds it tricky. And you just keep going in that direction because the more that we do that the more that we let relax and the more that we can actually uh be the people that we're meant to be mm. so that's what i would say um that might be helpful and as far as 
people reaching out to me. Um, my website is marionfuckmurray.com. On my website, I have some helpful, helpful videos. And I also have a, um, an audio um, heart breath meditation that can be downloaded for free. Um, I'm also on Insight Timer. Uh, so just search Marion Buck Murray you'll, I've got a few meditations on there. Uh, I'm also on YouTube as well. So anywhere, you know, it's always my name that's used. Uh, and so you can find me in all those places. Yes. Thank you, Marianne. I think this was a wonderful experience to sit here, interview with you and learn so much of the wisdom um, and knowledge that you are imparting into the world. Thank you. Thank you, Roma. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I want to take a moment to appreciate the time, energy and effort that you have put into growing and becoming the best version of you. I am deeply grateful and forever indebted to serve you with the best of my abilities. Subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review here. It will really help me and help those around you if you share this podcast with others. If in any way this podcast has inspired you, I hope and wish that you will share this with your friends and families all across social media. I would love to leave you with one last quote that is my favorite and that is from the Bhagavad Gita and it says that you come here empty-handed and you will leave empty-handed. What is yours today belong to someone else yesterday and will belong to someone else tomorrow. We are all here to pay it forward.